0: Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide.
1: Episode 28, Seven Keys to Success, Future.
0: Yes, so we're on key seven, the future. And to run this all back, there are... Seven things that you need to see correctly to manifest your purpose and fulfill your destiny. God, you, relationships, time, money, problems, and the future. We begin every um, chapter with a direct red letter quote from Jesus and then a quote um, from someone from history. So this is uh, Charles Spurgeon. Our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strengths that's the prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon. Then we have a quote from Jesus. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. We are really profoundly interested in the past. Many people, uh, many believers are actually in bondage to the past in they're afraid of the future and right now gets robbed. And so, that is the reality of many believers. I'm, I'm going to say that again. Kind of did a, did a word fumble there. Many believers are in bondage to yesterday and are afraid of tomorrow. And when I'm afraid of tomorrow and I'm in bondage to yesterday, today is robbed. And all we have is right now. And faith works now. Hope affects how we see the future. Uh, but faith works from now toward the future. And so, um, yeah, of course, love should be the motive, but Our faith is kind of neutralized when we are getting robbed of now because we're in bondage to yesterday or afraid of tomorrow. And I think that that is how many believers um, live. And I think that it is very detrimental to your emotional well-being and your spiritual health if you do not have a clear, faithful, biblical vision of the future. And so, what I find is that the enemy is deeply after the imagination.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, what does that mean practically? Practically speaking, you see all these movies in Hollywood and even in the church world that are basically cursing the future. Mm-hmm. And if you, if all you do is curse the future, then it becomes a self fulfilling um, prophecy, where if we're speaking death into the future, would you, why would you be surprised when you experience death? And then what people do is they proof text, certain biblical passages. They take it out of context. They take it outside of its original historical context. Uh, for example, Matthew 24 is a famous passage that is taken out of context. Instead of it being about the fall of Jerusalem uh it it basically becomes about the fall of america and everything is america you know uh, Mm -hmm. american centric when the bible doesn't even speak about america and it's like people like that's that's us right now it's like i hate to you know say this to americans but the world does not in fact revolve around america the world existed before america and if america fell off the face of the earth the world would still exist. Now, I know that as soon as our stock market has a crisis, we think the end of the world is coming. (laughs) But there's some people that have lived uh, for the last 200 years in a crisis like Haiti. Um, So the idea that just because hard times are coming does not mean it's the end of the world. And what I find is that the enemy is really, really after the imagination of people's heart and mind. So you have all these, these, these ideas that are coming through Hollywood And even coming through Christian movies that are basically a doom, gloom, uh, doom and gloom vision of the future. Mm -hmm. And they misuse biblical texts to say, well, you see, it's only getting worse. Jesus is coming. This is all evidence that Jesus is coming. The world is only going to get worse. It has to get worse. And it's just like, wow. Like it doesn't take any faith to say the world is only getting worse. Yeah. Um, In fact, actually, it's not even historically accurate. Mm -hmm. The mortality rate uh, is getting better. People are living longer. Um, There's a lot of evidence that the world actually is not getting worse. Yeah. But Christians will tell you Mm -hmm. with conviction that the world is getting worse when indeed statistically that's not accurate and biblically it's not prophetic or accurate.
1: Yeah, it's so polluted they even distorted the word apocalypse yes apocalypse means the revealing yeah it's apocalyptic literature revelation the revealing of jesus
0: it's the revelation of jesus not the revelation of the antichrist yeah and there's no article in front of antichrist so it's there's no the antichrist Mm -hmm. in the in the actual greek which that's another message and i you know
1: so would you say to that point the only thing the devil could really influence is our is through our ideas and imagination. That's yeah. the way he influences reality. Oh,
0: for sure, yeah, yeah. I think that the older I get, okay. Well, let's just think about this practically. Let's talk about practical and spiritual together. The richest and um, the biggest companies and the most wealthy companies in the world are all fighting for what? Data. Data but that's our attention. Mm -hmm. Our attention is how they get data. So right now you're sitting with a MacBook pro. I have a MacBook pro and we're recording on two iPhones.
1: Yeah. While getting recorded probably on top of that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) While
0: being recorded by the government. Uh, But, but anyway, um, so the enemy is obviously after the affections of our heart and that he, he, it's not only the affections of our heart, it's after our imagination. Mm -hmm. Like let's, let's talk about something practical and then we'll go back we'll dive back into the spiritual. Let's think of something like the Burj Khalifa, right? Right now, the Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world. That is complete. That's the one in Dubai, Dubai. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been to the 148th floor. I've been on the 124th, 125th. It's stunning, Mm. but this is the stone cold reality that existed in someone's mind Yeah, well before that existed in the realm of the earth. So this is why the enemy is constantly bombarding the imaginations of mankind and, and Christians, mm-hmm. because if your soul is sanctified and your soul is basically the drawing board of God, God can really communicate with clarity and with precision and, and give you incredible vision and something that's truly meaningful to him. Mm-hmm. But your soul will either be, you know, the father's drawing board or Satan's playground. Mm. And so the enemy is after the affections of humanity's heart. By the enemy coming to tempt Adam and, you know, and woman before she was Eve, the enemy was after, was trying to put a, a distrust and a mistrust For God. Mm -hmm. So Satan himself ran the first, uh, you know, psychological warfare campaign, you know. Uh, And so he's a master at that. And Mm so when the principalities and the municipalities are in agreement, there's a whole bunch of people that are held hostage. And you Mm -hmm. see that in Daniel chapter 10, where there's an agreement in the second heaven and demonic realm. Mm -hmm. And then there's free slave labor on earth. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is through the, the proliferation of perversion through um, the insane amount of screen time that all of us have. What is the enemy after? He's after our heart. Yeah. Like the other day, I, I was like, I was repenting and I wasn't looking at anything bad. I was looking at, I don't know, sneakers or something. And I realized, I'm like, man, like I've just spent entirely
2: mm-hmm.
0: way too much time on looking at sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like buy a pair or leave them alone. You know, like, and this is not even necessarily like a porn addiction or something crazy. Um, this is just like, like literally sneakers. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like I spent, I wasted too much time and I repented about it. Cause I'm like, this is over, this is over yeah, the top.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and so it's just a moment of transparency there. And,
1: um. I mean, if you, if you're in cruise control and you just kind of shut down that thinking and, and that kept catching that. The, the phone disciples us you're letting whatever's on the screen disciple us and shape us
0: oh yeah the phone the phone is like crack yeah you touch it it lights up on your face it's mm-hmm. you know they they said this is really something they said the same emotions that people experience during a, a church service is the same level of emotion that people feel when they touch their phone
1: that's crazy
0: well here's why when you touch it it's almost immediately responsive. Hmm. So it makes you feel like you're in control.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: But really, most of the time, it is yeah. really yeah stealing from you. And I'm I'm not a, I'm not an anti-technology yeah. guy. I You'd mean, we love it here. I, I have yeah. two phones. I mean, <laughs> I'm not judging anyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm just simply saying that if we're not careful, right, it, it's very possible to be so distracted that we're damaging our future. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a bit, that's basic. So, um, you know, I, I think that with this whole, you know, the enemy trying to steal people's vision of the future, th- there was a moment in my life where my life changed cause I had a different understanding of the future. Mm. So, um, a good friend of mine, the late Scott Persley, he was a clinical psychologist who became a pastor And he was incredibly gifted at asking the right questions at the right time. He was, I would say, anointed to ask questions. He asked me a question that it really changed my life. And I hope that this question gives listeners, maybe those who are watching, like a greater hunger and desire to know the scripture and to fellowship with the Holy Spirit and to really see the future. As God sees it, because the promise of the spirit of truth is that he will lead us into all truth, one, but two, he will show us things to come. Mm-hmm. So you so, so the Holy Spirit is prophetic. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Yep. So God wants to show us things to come now so that we position ourselves well to be a part of what we're doing, what he's doing. And so that's that's really critical. But the enemy wants to show you another future. Mm -hmm. The enemy wants to curse people's future. The enemy wants to put imagery in the minds of people that bring forth fear, Mm -hmm. that work against faith. Because when the Son of Man comes, he's going to be looking for faith. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's like, you're going to find a lot of fear. I don't know how much faith you're going to find. And many of the people of God are afraid of the future because they have a misunderstanding of Scripture. Mm -hmm. concerning the future so it's not like they're bad it's not that they want to be deceived it's just that they lack a biblical understanding of eschatology yeah so scott persley asked me at a diner one day he's like do you know the most quoted scripture from the old testament in the new testament and i felt like a complete idiot because i'm a preacher it's like how do you not know this you Mm -hmm. know um and so I, I was like, I, I was like, was it love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Like, I like mm-hmm. something like that, like an easier one to handle. And uh, he's like, No, that's not it. And so he's like, Do you know what it is? I'm like, I really don't. He's like, It's Psalm 110. check it out. Psalm 110. is the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that in Hebrew, it says that Jehovah said to Adonai. So it's the Father saying to the Son, Sit at my right hand. Until mm. I make your enemies your footstool. So like, are you a universalist? No, I'm not a universalist. I still believe hell is hot and forever, but I don't believe God sends people there. I send, I believe that people that go there want to be there. I believe that Jesus tasted death for every man so that people would not have to go there. But I also believe Psalm 1101 was David spending time in the presence of the Lord and the Lord showing him the eternal purposes of God mm-hmm. that come that you see in the presence of God. And I believe that after acts one, uh, nine, Jesus ascended to heaven. If the Bible was in a chronological order, the very next verse would be Psalm 110. One mm-hmm. sit at my right hand. Yeah. Jesus said, I only do what I see the father doing. So my, 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 uh, if I could give you a, you know what I, how I, how I envision that in my own uh, opinion, which is, that's all it is. It's an opinion. Um, like Jesus ascends into heaven The father turns to his right and says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. We don't have a vision of the father making his son's enemies his footstool. We have a vision of a victimized church, Mm -hmm. a hiding church, Mm -hmm. a a church that's just hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Big devil, little God. Big devil, little Jesus. Mm -hmm. and. That's, that's that's not I don't think that that's a biblical yeah. I don't think it's biblical mm-hmm. and I don't I don't care how how many times people uh, abuse and misuse Matthew 24. I don't buy it.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: so here's here's my my challenge to uh, watchers and listeners. Find out how many times Psalm 1101 finds its way, Into the New
2: Testament.
0: Hmm. Psalm 110.1 is woven into the very fabric of the New Testament. See how Jesus uses it talking to the Pharisees. See how Paul uses it speaking to the churches. See how it's used. I promise you, if you study that verse and the context of that verse, the way it's woven into the fabric of the New Testament, it will ratify your life. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to search this out. I'm not going to do commentaries. I'm not against commentaries. I use commentaries multiple times a week. Mm. and <laughs> I like commentaries, but I said for this one study, this seems so important mm. that I am not going to allow anything else to inform my opinion about this topic. I just want to see how the new Testament uses the old Testament, because I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible. So I'm going to let the scripture speak. I'm going to let the text talk and I'm going to listen. That study ratified my life, took me to Matthew 24, retook me to Daniel seven, where you see the son of man coming on the clouds and then I realized that speaking about the ascension, mm-hmm. not the coming yep. going up. And mm-hmm. then I heard someone who is so smart, agree with me. I go, I, I must not be wrong.
1: Who, Mr. Right.
0: N.T. Right. <laughs> when I heard N.T. Right. I'm like, I'm not crazy. I'm like, what? That's affirmative. Yeah. I'm like, uh, affirmative. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, you know, I always do that. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but I'm like, man. And, and that was the Holy Spirit leading me into mm-hmm. all truth. Mm hmm. But for the purpose of having a vision mm-hmm. for the future. Mm-hmm. And what I find is that when you don't have a vision of the future, you you will always shrink back from making long-term sacrifices yeah. that leads to blessing. Mm-hmm. Like someone who doesn't have a vision for the future, they're like, they won't do education.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Someone who doesn't have a vision for the future They won't do like investment Yeah, They'll just get what they can right now Buy what they can Do what they did You know live hand to mouth Because you know Then the world's coming
1: that, and, that was my thinking before I got saved It's like I'm dying anyways Why have a savings? Yeah. Why, why have any I do anything? Yeah, yeah well
0: yeah. what's interesting about yeah. that, me- that mentality mm-hmm. I'll tell you where you got that mentality from You got that mentality from something You probably never even read Have you ever read Greek mythology? No Okay, the Greeks were eat, drink, and be merry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. That That is the spirit of Grecia. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a thing. So that, that was where that... Now, most people's afterlife ideas have been informed by Greek mythology. That's why we think of like, you know, floating away on a cloud, like harps, you know, angels and stuff like mm. that. The, that is... That is... Most Christians have an eschatology that is shaped by Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. and most Christians have never even read Greek mythology. That's how powerful of a worldview it was. It's just
1: culturizing too. It
0: it has, and when you look at America as a nation, America is not really America in the sense of, it's a nation of immigrants, Yep. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are two things that really form America, America is Greco-Roman, very plain and simple. You have the Roman administration and the Roman military type vibe. I mean, look at Washington D.C.
1: All the buildings, yeah, right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. and and then you have the university, in the gymnasium, in mm. the philosophy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's Greek. Yeah. So America is very very Greco-Roman, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. Those are. Uh, Two empires that still shape much of the modern world. Mm. Whether people know it or don't know it, acknowledge it or don't acknowledge it, accept it or don't accept it, it's reality. Yeah. To, to think of how powerful a worldview is that someone has never read it yet believes it, that is the very definition of a worldview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that to me is astounding and also scary. <laughs> it's like... Um, Especially as Christians, because as Christians, we're called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And so if I have ungodly, anti-biblical ideas about the future, that's going to affect how I live in the present.
1: Yeah. Um, There's this uh, pastor up in Vancouver, Daryl Johnson. Yeah. Um, He wrote this book called Discipleship on Edge. It's his expository on Revelation. Um, One of the most grounded, pastoral, um, encouraging um, writings on revelation it's 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 more correct than this end time end of the world doom and gloom yeah. like the revelation is actually a pastoral encouraging book anyways why i bring that up is he he repeats this phrase in there that i love that I, I took away from it he says he talks about how we need to correctly set our present meaning how do we view our present time in light of the unseen realities of the future our present has to be in context of what we believe about the future because If we know what the future holds, it determines the choices we make in the present.
0: Absolutely. We're sitting here podcasting, anticipating that people are going to watch and listen to it. Yeah. I mean, we could be totally wrong, Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) but we're having fun. So it's important to
1: get (laughs) our our view of the future correctly because that informs everything about today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And if people don't know what they're suffering for, they won't be able to suffer long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when you're going through a hard time, you have to keep in mind why we're going through and who we're going with and what we're going for. Yeah. Like yeah. when you think of someone who's training for a fight, a marathon, uh, you know, a bodybuilding competition, a powerlifting meet, uh, you know, a football team, they're, they're going through sacrifices because they have a vision and yeah. a desired outcome.
1: Yep. And here's one thing about the kingdom versus other religions. We're certain about the future. We know the future. We are. Yeah. It's not a crystal ball or this what if or this nebulous no. thing. It's we have a fact to go
0: by. Yes. And I, I think that that's actually something that is actually very important to, to really think of because that goes back to the whole idea of worldview. So the idea of many Christians is they just want to go to heaven. They want to get raptured. The word rapture is not even the Bible. The word harpazo is the Bible word, and that's about ca- getting caught up. But that that also could could probably and is probably when Paul is speaking about when we put on immortality. Mm-hmm. when we see the Lord, we become like him. Yeah. So you know you have all these ungodly views of, of, of the future and in, in the whole Greek mythology, like living in heaven and getting sucked up into heaven, but we were created, the first man was created from the earth for the earth yeah. to meek inherit the earth. Mm -hmm. the angels come and gather the wicked and remove the wicked from the earth Mm -hmm. so heaven and earth are going to become one and so if you now the christian hope is an incorruptible physicality that is eternal yeah That is so far from the mind of most Christians. Mm -hmm. If I say the Christian hope, some people think rapture. Other people think of Mercedes-Benz and prosperity. (laughs) That's like, you know, but that I mean, that's all good, but that's not the Christian hope. The Christian hope is, as N.T. Wright says, what God did for Jesus in kind of like the center of human history, Mm -hmm. he's going to do for all his people at the end of what we think about as history. Yeah. And, and and the only one who will bear wounds on their body is Jesus. Yeah. We'll get a new body, no stretch marks, no wounds, <laughs> no ungodly yeah. tattoos that you regret.
1: So it's super important <laughs> to first ask, what is my view of the future? Is it correct? Is it biblical? Yeah. But then the second thing is some people, even though they have the correct view, they don't act in the present like they believe it. And that's, yes. and that's even more unstable. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Bill
0: Johnson calls them unbelieving believers. Yeah,
1: and you're double-minded, and yeah. that's going to cause more turmoil. So I think we got to make sure: are we making decisions and believing in what we believe in? Yeah,
0: or do we actually really believe in what we say we believe?
1: That's because yeah, our that's behavior
0: it. is a better indicator of what it is we actually believe. Exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but but I think that th- this is this is really something that, like. If we can make this plain and simple, like you have to be able to see the future through the lens of faith and hope, yeah. because what faith believes, hope expects. So the way I kind of frame this is that what faith believes, hope expects, patience waits for, perseverance works toward. Mm -hmm. And perseverance is not patience. Perseverance is patience in motion.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and patience is a cheerful endurance. It's not just enduring. It's an endurance with a smile.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so I think that that's yeah. important to think about. And another thing too, like for example, the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, like waters cover the sea, Habakkuk 2.14. The waters covering the sea is a dominant metaphor. It's not like a pond and a drip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's like waters covering the sea. Tsunami. And, and, and many times in the biblical text and in the prophetic language that the deep waters are a symbol for the dark powers. Mm-hmm. But here he's saying that the glory is triumphing over the deep waters. Mm-hmm. So what we believe is that there's going to be a movement of the kingdom That is global. It's what we're preparing for. We're we're believing that the knowledge of the glory, which is the experience of the glory, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: not just a head. You you don't, when you get in water
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and you see sea, that's an experience. That's not like a little cute picture. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat mm-hmm. or if you've ever been on a boat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But but water in the sea, it, it, that's a real living experience. And and we, we believe in a real living experience with the actual glory and presence of God. Yeah. Globally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I believe Jesus deserves that. Yeah. If he's going to redeem people out of every tribe, tongue, kindred, and people, there has to be presence. His people have to carry his presence. There has to be... You know Anyway uh, Here's what Corey Tenboon said Never be afraid to trust an unknown future To a known God This is a woman who put her life at risk To rescue Jews during the Holocaust So I think she knows A little something about it Mm -hmm. Um, Another one that I love Is like Christians when they say this I I just feel like Oh man this is hard to emotionally accept It's only getting darker (laughs) Jesus goes, you're the light of the world. Yeah. It's only getting darker, Jesus. You're the light of the world. It's only getting worse, Jesus. Yeah. It all says this is going to happen, Jesus. Let's hide,
1: like, let's hide under a bowl. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so if you're the light of the world and it's only getting darker, then it means that you are not shining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, the Bible says that that people should see our good works. Let your light so shine before men that they should see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Mm. So we're working not to be seen, but for the father to be seen. Yep. So our motive is not, Oh, look at Adam. You're great. Look at DK. You're great. No, I'm not great. That's why I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to do this work so the father can be seen. So the son can be revealed. So the spirit can move on people and transform people. Yeah. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Even while we're podcasting, so people can experience the truth, the presence of the Lord and be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Be Transformed podcast, right? Um, That's what we do. So I think that if you don't have this idea of a future that is worth living for, then you won't sacrifice for it.
2: Yeah.
1: And God wants you to succeed in the future. He does. He wants you to flourish.
0: He does want you to flourish. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote a book, Seven Keys to Success. Success was God's idea God is the one who brought it up to Joshua. So the whole heart behind this book is I'm holding my first son and I'm holding justice. And I'm looking at him, just thinking of his future and thinking of, you know, who will he be and what will he do? And, and just wanting, just feeling overwhelmed with a desire for him to be a winner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want to have a son who's a loser. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, and the, the God, the father says to me, Adam, you think you're a better dad than me? And I'm like, you know what absolutely not i don't I don't even like to change diapers um, and so he said there are seven things that you need to see correctly to manifest your purpose and fulfill your destiny hmm. God, yourself, relationships, time, money, problems, and the future mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, and then he gave me red letter quotes so my intellect was uh, inspired at <laughs> quite a, a quite a pace beyond my natural um, ability to put scriptures together, and I felt like it was like kind of like a Holy Spirit uh, success template. And success again was God's idea to Joshua. And so, if we would meditate on the book day of you know day and night, the book of the law day and night to observe to do all mm-hmm. of it, then God would give you good success. So obedience is success. Mm-hmm. And obedience brings forth success, and if I have hope in God, Mm -hmm. and I believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, Mm -hmm. and that God will reward faithfulness, then I'm going to live faithfully.
1: Let me ask, what would you say is the ultimate purpose for your success that God gives you?
0: I think that in, in the natural sense, in the spiritual sense, the deepest thing that we long for is to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I think that that's the deepest spiritual, like on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. But on a practical level, as it relates to our witness and our testimony in our lifestyle, whoever wins the game gets the microphone. Right. Nobody's like, hey, you lost. Like, how does it feel to be a loser? Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. They want to know what, 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 you you just want to NFL, you know championship what do you feel you know tell me how you're feeling right now like the winner gets the mic and and i and i just not to sound like not to be materialistic not to be uh not to od on the whole prosperity thing Mm -hmm. but when you're winning people want to know why Mm -hmm. and i think that our life should be a life of victory and i think that that victory should invade every area of our life
1: yeah because that's the testimony of god as well
0: yeah because then you're seeing that it's not just me present here yeah. but actually god is present with me mm-hmm. and i'm doing things with him that i mm-hmm. could never do without him and he's working through me and in me and for me not like he works for me but he's working things out for me too that i need his help with because i am uh dependent on him
2: mm-hmm.
1: how can we steward success very well
0: Uh, Here's what Andy Stanley said about success. Uh, I'm not going to unhitch myself from his comment, uh, from his quote here. He said, success is intoxicating. And uh, one of, this is John Maxwell, one of the dangers of success is that it can make a person unteachable. So I think that uh, success can lie to you. And make you think as if you've arrived somewhere. And you see that with David. David began to celebrate his victory and his breakthroughs. And it took him off of the front lines of battle. And when a king would go out to war in the spring, he stayed home because he was rejoicing in his last battle. That put him in a really bad position. And then he sees Bathsheba. And then he's sleeping someone you know, sleeping with someone's wife and killing the husband.
1: Mm, wow, Well, that's all connected. That's all connected yeah. to success. Mm-hmm.
0: If he was a loser, he wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, so he got comfortable celebrating success. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Another thing that success will do is success will give you opportunities that are not for you. Hmm. So you really have to have self control or success will ruin you. Yeah. Success is far more dangerous than failure mm,
2: yeah
1: that's right you know it brings um, in people too that you wouldn't normally not engage with
0: yeah, yeah, for sure mm-hmm. and I just want to say that it's possible to succeed and to live a godly life um i I just want to say that's possible and you you see it in in the life of Jesus and in the life of Paul Paul says I have finished the work that you gave me to do Jesus says I have kept them in your name I have manifested your name I have I have held on to the people you've given me he finished the work that God sent him to do so I think that in in practical and spiritual terms success really is obedience and the quality of your life even if there's persecution involved Hmm. will be much greater if you live a life of obedience. Because yeah. obedience is success. And the greatest thing that we should long for is to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, if, if there's anything that we want to hear more than that, we won't live well. And we won't suffer long because we don't know what we're suffering for. And, you know, everything I'm saying about the future, I'm not saying everything's going to be easy. I'm not saying... Uh, that people aren't perishing. But I'm saying that God isn't willing that any should perish. That's why Jesus tasted death for every man. We're willing that people should perish, mm-hmm. and people are willing that they would perish, but God is not yeah. willing.
1: In our very nature, we're not set up for failure. That's not how we were designed and, and, and no. born. Yeah,
0: And that's why when you, you, when you experience failure, you feel ashamed.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: You know, like my son, I'm working with him. You know, with homeschool, he gets something wrong. He's like, "Dad, I'm sorry." I'm like, "Bro, you don't have to be sorry." That's why pencils have erasers, dude. Like, you're learning; it, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Failing is a part of learning, but let's learn. Yeah, you know, let let's learn. Um, yeah. So, practically speaking, here's here's three ways, practically speaking, um, to guard from the success and, and the blinding and intoxicating effect of success stay in the word of God one of the things I noticed about the word of God is the word of God doesn't be like oh you're a pastor you're good the word of God holds me into account mm-hmm. most people don't read the Bible because the Bible reads them and they don't want to be read stay around the body of Christ weekly Bible daily body of Christ weekly mm-hmm. um, in, in the early church they, they were day to day yeah And and that had to do with the proximity of where they lived. So there's there's various factors there, but but Christianity is a daily thing. Yeah, it's not a Sunday thing. Mm -hmm. It's a minute by minute, moment by moment, word and thought. It's it's you have to stay engaged, or we will be sidelined. Mm -hmm. It's the fundamentals. Yeah, another one is stay engaged in the work of God. What does that mean? That means that you should on some level be focused on serving people, whether you're serving your church, whether you're serving in your church, whether you're serving your community, you should be using some of your time, some of your talent and some of your resources in serving people to bring people into an encounter with the grace of Jesus. Hmm. Whether that's showing up early to church, whether that's staying late, whether that's bringing groceries. Whatever that is, you should be intentionally moving toward someone Mm. to get you out of the selfishness and being stuck on ourselves. If you find most people who are like depressed or anxious are self-focused. Yeah. Most people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so anyway, that's just, I'm not trying to be insensitive. If someone is suffering from anxiety, um, but i but i i have not met a lot of people in my life who are really loving people who are focused on serving others who are like really down and out yeah even the disciples when this when jesus sent the disciples out you know they were healing the sick casting out devils scripture said they returned with joy Mm -hmm. joy is part of the reward of partnering with the lord yeah so i just say that the joy of the lord is your strength He's your portion. You can have godly success and you can finish the work he's called you to do. But if you're going to finish the work he's called you to do, you got to know what is the work that he's called you to do. And that work does involve serving others. So that that's something that I would really success is also serving others.
1: I mean, success is always in the context of people. Yeah. If you're alone, there's no
0: there's no success. There's, yeah, alone. yeah. People are like, oh, I don't need anyone. Yeah. You don't do anything. It's like if you want to do anything significant, mm-hmm. even Michael Jordan needed someone to pass from the ball. Mm-hmm. It's like and
1: people to play against. Yeah. And people <laughs> to
0: play against. So you, you definitely do need people. It's arrogance that says, I don't need people. Mm, yeah. And usually that's rooted in pain or pride. And usually, usually uh, pride is like a callus that grows over pain. Mm-hmm. So let the Lord in, yep. let him work and you can be successful in Jesus name.
1: Yeah, you know, just do a prayer over everyone's success journey.
0: Yeah, so Lord, I pray that everyone who is listening and everyone who is watching would put you first, would meditate on your word, would premeditate to do what is right, and would have godly success in their life, in their family, in their future, Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name.
1: We bless you guys. Thanks for listening.
0: Adam LeVecki here. On behalf of DK, Kim, and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.